Welcome to this message from Life Assembly, a thriving church in the northwest suburbs of Minneapolis. Please visit us online at lifemn.org for more information. And now join us as we pursue Jesus together. Pastors and and, uh, those of us who've been together, we have been excited and we thought that coming together was going to be a lot more oomph to it. But with the way things are and the way things are kind of trickling in, we understand it. We understand that people, as we communicated with you and we got to hear from our people, we understood that it's just going to take some time before people start feeling more comfortable and for whatever reasons those are. For those who are online or at home, we, God bless you. We are so glad that you're joining us here. And for those of you in this space, it's good to see you. Really, really good to see you. Now, For those of you that are like, okay, we normally don't do a big kids thing in the front like that. Um, You know, we've all suffered losses during this, right? And our kids have too. You know, right now we're not able to have our normal, vibrant kids ministry. We all got a little taste of it. And so it was important for us to allow them to be able to have some of that space. So thank you, church, for giving us some grace there to have some fun with our, our kiddos and for them to also be able to realize that this is for them as well. Now, for some of you, um, could you throw that picture up for me, John? This is my, uh, the last picture of my COVID hair. I think that we are almost, almost there. I think uh, the, the downside when you're doing video is that you see the progression of the bad hair that, that happens. And um, I, I took a one final shot before my, my haircut came to me, but apparently we're having a little problem coming up. But it's there, okay? Maybe that'll flash up behind me. But I, you know, I just wanted to be able to capture it in all its uncomfortableness, right? How many of you have had those, any of you enjoy some of this fun hair? Yeah, that was tame. That was tame. I want to let you know, is. is <laughs> the last, the last of it. I saw one of my neighbors out and I said, nice COVID hair. He goes, thank you. I didn't realize it was so curly, you know? So we, we, uh, we look like Chia Pets. Some of you have vast supplies of toilet paper and all sorts of supplies hidden in your home from Costco. Well done. Well done. Anyway, um, as we thaw, many of us are already looking at 2021. Remember how hopeful we were at the beginning of this year? Man, we, of course there's hope, but you know what? I'm already thinking of, let's plan some goals for 2021. <laughs> but it's good to reconnect, of course. Uh, you know, today I have a goal of facilitating, and it was a few years ago, um, actually it was a number of years ago, and it was when I was a youth pastor, the Lord showed me that I was actually just a facilitator. And the reason for that is, and not, not to minimize any of our positions as, as sons and daughters of Christ, but really all we're doing is facilitating, right? I can't save anybody. There's nothing that I can do in my own strength that is going to heal or, or anything, right? But what we can do is we can prepare, we can pray, and we can ask the Lord to guide us, and then he does the work. Right? And so we do the best that we can to facilitate, right? Being obedient to Christ and what he's sharing and what he's speaking. And we ask him to move. We, we ask him to heal. We ask him to speak into our lives. 
And today I am doing the best that I can for us to create an opportunity and to facilitate a space of refreshment. Okay? A, a space for us to be refreshed, not by me. And we're going to have worship here at the end, so there's going to be a time for this refreshing and response. But this refreshing can only come from God. Now, you can uh, say amen or you can boo me, okay? But this is what I'm not going to do, okay? So at the end of this, you can amen or boo. I am not going to give you my opinion about the news of today or the last few months. Amen. Okay. All right. There's some amens in there. All right. Two, I'm not going to update you on the latest news regarding COVID-19. Okay. I'm not going to discuss protests in Minneapolis or elsewhere. I'm not going to discuss anything that the mayor and the governor is saying about police departments and policies. <clears throat> so what is there left to even talk about? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You gave the Sunday school answer, right? Jesus. Now, again, I believe the absolute greatest nourishment to our souls comes through God's word, comes through our response to his word, our time with God through praise and through worship, and also this, what we are doing right now. So I'm just going to, there, there's a slide here for you. So only the creator of our souls can give us what we truly need. So here are a couple of scriptures that I use. There's plenty more. But Ezekiel 18.4, Behold, all souls are mine. This is God speaking. All souls are mine. Psalms 23.3, He restores our soul. Jeremiah 31.25, For I will satisfy the weary soul and I will replenish it. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, and you will find rest for your souls. Psalms 107, 9, for he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul, he fills with good things. Friends, we need to cry out today and we need to ask God for a touch for our weary souls to be restored to him, to find rest, to be satisfied, and to be fed by the goodness of our God. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of your son, Jesus. We know that we live in uncertain times, and yet we trust you. We see the, the clutter of the news and the overstimulation of information in our minds but Lord, we know that you can help us, that you can guide us. As one voice, you've commanded us to pray for each other and also those in high positions of authority. Today, we lift up the needs of our church. And those listening online, we pray for healing where there is sickness. We pray for wisdom and insight for those looking for answers. And we cry out for the wisdom for our leaders who have heavy burdens to carry, Lord Jesus. May they govern in righteousness May they govern in justice for all people, and may you, Heavenly Father, be glorified in this nation and in this space, and for all those who are listening and a part of this today, Lord Jesus, may your name be lifted up, and all God's people said, amen. amen.
Amen. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul begins to teach on spiritual gifts. And as he's teaching about spiritual gifts, he's talking to a people that are used to worshiping in a place where they worship many other gods. This is a place where, where polytheism was, was regular and hyper-spiritualism was, was rampant. And so in 1 Corinthians 12, we see Paul trying to teach people, the people of God, how to follow him, how to have order in their services where it's not chaotic, but also recognizing that these people believed in so many gods at one point, when they look at the different gifts of the Holy Spirit, it would be really easy for them to assign them each a god. And so Paul repeats over and over again. So there's two things out of this that I want us to grab a hold of that will be foundational for us this morning. First off, he repeated over and over and over again, there are a variety of gifts, but one spirit. There is a variety of gifts. Secondly, in verse 7, he says, these spiritual gifts are not just for the individual. They're for the common good. They're for the edification. They are for the entire group. And so he, he's explaining, and when he talks about these spiritual gifts, they're not necessarily, this is it. It's, hey, here's a list, but guess what? There's still more. And we're going to see that. Pastor Jana went over the nine fruits of the Spirit. Anybody else got the song stuck in your head this morning? Yes, you do. You're going to be singing it all night long. Now, here's the deal. There are more than nine. There's more than nine. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Because these things are attributes. They're characteristics of who God is. And we are supposed to be like it. This is why the title, Different Gifts, say different gifts. Yes, God uses you uniquely with what he has given you. I think of our church board. I think of the, the way that the Lord has gifted them and the, the way that God speaks through them and their different voices and their different gifts be able to help strengthen the church. I think of those who volunteer and those who have all these strengths in our midst. And I think that is amazing. However, say however with me. Same fruit. I'll just let you think of that for a second. Different gifts, same fruit. Paul didn't say, some of you will have patience, God bless you. Some of you will have love, and God bless you, the lovers over there. No, same fruit. These are attributes and characteristics of God that we as followers are supposed to have. Now, some of you might be going, what on earth is a vacuum here for? So, this last week, or I'm sorry, this last month, as many of you know, if you're new here, this, you won't get this, but this sanctuary is a little different, okay? There has been sheetrock dust, there's been wires, there's been nails, there's been all sorts of stuff all over the place, okay? And one day, I was using my spiritual gift of vacuuming. <laughs> the Lord has poured out his blessing upon me in mighty, mighty, powerful ways. And I was on the floor over in this area, and I had this attachment right here. Anyone have this one here at home? And I was just, I was going to town. I was just cleaning up. And Zach Hayes, who is an incredible carpenter and can do about anything, he interrupts me. I was focused. I was working hard. And he said, you know, Pastor, there's a different nozzle for that. I went, what do you mean? There's a bigger one. 
there's a big mess in here and you're just using that little thing. So I don't know what this carpenter thinks he knows. I'm a vacuumer, right? So I, I actually thought, I said, no, I'm fine. And then I was kind of embarrassed. And then I went over and then I grabbed the biggest attachment I could find. I put it on. I said, you hope you're happy. And so I got back on my knees and I'm vacuuming now, I'm vacuuming. And I'm like, I got a lot of work. I'm doing great stuff over here. I'm vacuuming like a man, real men vacuum. Did I get an amen? What happened to the amens in here? So I'm vacuuming like a man. And then Zach interrupts me once again, Pastor Dale. I'm like, I'm a vacuumer. Let me vacuum. Let me use my spiritual gifts unto the Lord, for he is good. <laughs> And he said, that nozzle's to clean up water. <laughs> and I, at the top of my voice, I yell, I'm a pastor, not a carpenter. I'm a pastor, not a carpenter. See, friends, we have different gifts. We have different abilities. God has blessed us in different ways. And yes, I can learn and grow and how to vacuum better. I get it. However, God has also given us spiritual gifts and fruit that are supposed to come from God. And this fruit is supposed to be the same. Our gifts, Zach's gifts, are far exceeding mine, and they will forever in what he can do. And God bless him. And those things are different. Your creativity, the way God speaks and works for you, is unique to you. You as an individual are unique and creative unto God, and that is amazing. However, we cannot use that as an excuse to not get closer and be more like Jesus. We are called to reflect our maker. We are created in his image, and as we begin to reflect him more and more, we become more like him. Same fruit. Can you please repeat with me? Same fruit. Now, just as Paul repeatedly articulated that each one of these gifts were given by the same Spirit, there is something else that comes with his Spirit. And that's what we're going to be spending the rest of our time on today. Because I think that we understand the idea of these different things that we're supposed to have, but do we understand that we are supposed to actively be growing in these things? You know, and, and part of becoming more like Jesus, I think it's really easy for us who've maybe been in the church for a long time to attribute it to, uh, some people call it Christianese or Christian lingo. This doesn't mean that you know what's playing on KTIS, okay? The fruit of the Spirit has nothing to do with the next Christian movie coming out. This isn't some kind of a pop quiz that we know all the cultural things and the blessings and the thou sayest thee type of comments. It has nothing to do with the fruit of the Spirit. It has nothing to do with replicating the Spirit of God. This is why Jaina talked about fruit happens. We've been talking about this since 2001, since we started volunteering with youth. Fruit happens. It just happens. We say to teenagers, fruit also happens. Use deodorant, right? So fruit happens when we're closer to God, when we're near Him, things begin to fall off. Our old man, the old Smelly bananas start disappearing and fresh, godly fruit begins to come. And you know what? God is working 
and tender, tending our soil. He is working in our lives. And when God is working in your life, he has an expectation of fruit. He expects that his nourishment, he expects that his spirit inside of you is going to produce something. Terry Fulham says, the fruit of the spirit grows only in the garden of obedience. It grows only in the garden of obedience, meaning that as God is tending around in our soil and he's pruning and he's cutting branches off that are dead and dying and no longer belong, as we obey, these attributes, these characteristics begin to blossom. And they not only are a sweet aroma unto the Lord, they also begin to influence the people around us. Because they look and they say, there's something different about that person. There's something different about the way they talk to me. There's something different about the hope that they're speaking into my life. There's something different about the encouragement and the way that, that I feel when I'm with them. Have you ever felt that way? You've been around somebody and you're like, Lord, I don't know. I, I, my, I'm just, I feel so fresh right now. I feel so renewed because the spirit within them is speaking into your life just as Christ in you and in me is speaking into ours. The fruit of the Spirit, as, as we talked about Galatians 22 through 23, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. When Paul wrote this to the Galatians, you'll notice he didn't say that you only have one of these, right? These are things that, that we are supposed to be reflecting. Now, we're going to look at Psalms 112 verse 10 if you can or 1 through 10 if you can pull that up for me this is actually um, an acrostic um, writing meaning that out of the 22 Hebrew letters in the 10 verses there's 22 clauses so for the 22 Hebrew letters there's a word that starts for each um, letter in the alphabet and it goes down and so some believe that they did this for easy memorization for young kids that they can go okay here's the first letter second letter so then they can it makes it easier for them to remember but some also believe that some of this would be like our the way we rhyme today that, that it's just a part of the literature and the way they speak and others some commentators say you know what I think they did this because it means A to Z. It's the beginning to end, that this is all there is to say about this subject. But whatever the reason is, this is one of those that doesn't necessarily translate well to, to English for the, um, you know, for the order of the way that it's written. But, but just take a look at this. And so think of this in, in, the, in the mindset of the fruit of the Spirit. Now look at this. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. What is that? Fruit. This is fruit happening when people live righteously. Wealth and riches are in their houses and their righteousness endures forever. Fruit. Even in darkness, Light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Think of this. We have been living in dark times, friends. And even in the darkness, 
The light dawns for the upright. What is this? Fruit. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Here are instructions for righteous people. Look at this. Goodwill will come to those who are generous and who lend freely, who conduct their affairs with, uh, with justice. This is, again, fruit. This is becoming more like God, taking on the characteristics of who God is and his attributes. When we do this, fruit still happens. Goodwill will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. I read that already. Keep going. Okay, verse 6. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. There's a scripture that says, for um, in the last days, anything that can be shaken will be shaken. There are Christians that have been so shaken through the last four months, people that I thought were as solid as a rock that I've seen just crumble. This is where scripture talks about are, are we people built on the rock? Or are we people that built our house on the sand? That even in darkness, the light can shine. Even when things are being shaken, they can be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Hold on, what does it say? Hold on, I can't say that. Let me say it. Okay. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are what? And what is it? Steadfast and trusting the Lord. Oh my, oh, it keeps going. Oh my goodness, I can't take this anymore. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. Oh, I, can you go back to that for a second? I feel like we need to hear this again. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. Friends, if you are filled with anxiety, if you are filled with fear, you know what you do? You cry out to the Lord. You lean heavily into him. And you know what? If it's still there, you do it again. And you do it again. And you lean upon him. There, there have been times that I've been like, Lord, my mind is so chaotic right now. It's filled with so many things. I don't even know what to believe anymore. And you know what I do? I take my mind. I say, you know what? I am so thankful that in a, a time where we don't even know what we can believe many times, that we can rest in the words of God. Okay, the last slide, please, Jonathan. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. Look at this, fruit. But there's always somebody who doesn't like what God is doing in your life. Have you noticed that? The wicked will see and be vexed. They will gnash their teeth and they will waste away. The longing of the wicked will come to nothing. Here's a scripture that gives us still the fruit of the Spirit. This is produced when God is in us, when God is working in us. This is, you know what, the same fruit, the same Spirit of God working in you and working in me. We have different gifts, the same Spirit. And some of you might be thinking, well, how is it that some people 
because we're going to talk about some people, not ourselves, right? That's easier. How is it that some people, those people, have been a Christian for so long, yet some of these characteristics are, are far from them? Now, I don't have a super deep response to that. Um, I'm not going to make accusations. We all know that we've come from different places. We, we know that we have different backgrounds. We know that we have not all started from the same place. Some people have, frankly, some of you are miracles even being in this place today. We, we don't all start at the same place, but we have to trust that God is working in people equally. And just as you have grace for yourself and your faults, you also need to have grace for others and where they're at. That's not always really easy, okay? So here's what I do. I'll just speak for myself, and you can apply this or not. But what I do when I start facing my own self, my own attitudes that are maybe bad, maybe my, the way that I've dealt with somebody, I have to make things right to the best of my ability, and I need to put them before the Lord. And so if you're at this place and you're going, well, I'm not seeing a lot of this fruit you're talking about, Pastor Dale, this is where you need to say, remember that the fruit comes from the garden of obedience. We need to be obedient to God and allow him to work in our lives. And that means that sometimes we have to humble ourselves. Okay, let me rephrase that. We always need to humble ourselves. We humble ourselves before a good and gracious God. And I think that if we have those type of hearts, that God is going to do incredible things in us. And we are going to be able to go further and be closer to him than we ever, ever imagined. And this is how we're going to end today before the worship team comes up. This scripture has a very special place in my heart. It's John chapter 15, 1 through 5 that we're going to read. And people know this because it's the vine and the branches. It's a very, very well-known scripture. But this means a, something special to me because there is this, I, I call him a general in the faith, Pastor Paul Sundell, who some of you may um, know, he pastored in, our, in the city for decades and decades. And he, had, he was at our, church, our last church, and he, um, he passed away just as all these things were um, happening, so the, the funeral's being um, held off right now. But he had this, uh, he had to go into surgery, and he was in his upper 80s, and he started taking over, a, he started a senior's ministry, and he started teaching classes. Both Jane and I took his hermeneutics class and different things he would teach just to be learning from somebody who lived his entire life faithful unto God. And it was the early morning, it was the 8 a.m. senior service, and he came in and he said, well, I think this is my last sermon. And everyone's like, what? What are, what are you talking about? So here's a man who has been preaching for over 50 years of his life. And he is going to preach his last sermon. You better believe that I took out my notebook and I took out my, my pen and I'm like, oh my goodness. I think I said, holy smokes. I'm taking every word that this man says right now. And he opened up to the book of John and he opened up chapter 15 and he said 
These are the words of Jesus. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now listen to this. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. Again, Jesus speaking. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Friends, we have to be people connected to the vine. We have to be people connected to Jesus. Just as Pastor Paul said, that if anything could be my last message in 50 years of my life, I am going to plead with people, people be connected with Jesus, be connected with the vine because there is nothing else that matters. And this is where we need to be today. Uh, would the worship team please come? Friends, we need our souls to be replenished. We are weary and we need a touch from God. Now, the re- one of the reasons why we're having worship at the end is mainly because there are some people that are a little uncomfortable about worshiping as a congregation and everything. And you know what? If that's you, you have permission just to slip out and go. And we're just going to spend some time in the presence of the Lord. We have somebody here willing to pray with you if you need to come up and just, just have some, somebody to agree in prayer with you right now. But the future of this church is a people endowed with the reality of God's indwelling presence. The future of this church is understanding the goodness and the faithfulness of God that in the midst of turmoil, that light can still shine. Now, there are two dangers that we we need to navigate as well. One is we make no efforts to allow God to do work in us. We, We kind of have this idea that, well, I already accepted Christ I already said it with my mouth. I got baptized. I did the things. So I'm good. And we get lazy. Or we get obstinate. That's a danger. The second one is that some are so hard on themselves, they feel like they can never be good enough. They're looking at these and they're still seeing their own flesh coming out. And and then you know who you're like? You're like Paul in Romans 7, who says, the things that I don't want to do, I do. You know what that makes you? That makes you human. So the two dangers. Number one, we cannot be people who are lazy. And two, we cannot be so hard on ourselves that we feel like we're just failing all the time. God is gracious. He is kind. He is merciful. And he loves you. He loves me. And he wants us to prosper. And like we're talking about. And let me tell you, the scriptures that I read today and the fruits that we talked about are not extensive. There's more. There's more about who God is. There are more promises that God wants to work in our lives. Would you please stand? Heavenly Father, it feels so good to be 
in this place. It feels so good to be able to proclaim your goodness, to proclaim your name, to, to be able to point to you, Lord Jesus. It, it, it just it feels right, Heavenly Father. But at the same time, we know that there's just, this has been such a hard time for so many people, Lord. And what we ask right now for an outpouring of your spirit upon your people. We ask for your, your anointing. We ask for your touch, oh God. And we ask that you move in this place and you move upon the hearts of your people. Draw us close to you, we pray. In your name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Life Assembly. Connect with us online at lifemn.org. And thanks for listening.